Hello, everyone, and welcome to the BizFluencer podcast. I am Donata White. I am the CEO and founder of Coffee Date Media, and I'm here with Kalei Lagunero, our second in command, <laughs> who is amazing and wonderful, and our new co-host. If you missed the last episode, Kalei is now a permanent member of the podcast, and we're just so excited to have her around because I like podcasts with a conversation and not just one person talking to themselves. So <laughs> that's what we it's fun that way. That's what we like. So today I wanted to talk about something that Kalei thinks she doesn't know about, but totally does, which is how NCAA athletes can now make money. I'm going to give a little bit of a legal background um, because I'm the lawyer and that's what I do. But I think you'll find that you know a lot more about this than you think you do. Um, and okay. I'll tell you what. Okay. Okay. So what has happened, and we studied this in law school back when NCAA athletes were not allowed to make money off of their name, image, and likeness. So basically what was happening was the school was making all this money off of these amazing athletes in these revenue generating sports. And they would sell jerseys with these people's names and numbers on them. They would sell photos of them. They would sell all kinds of merch with these athletes on it. But if the athlete tried to get paid to sign an autograph, it was like an infraction and the NCAA would like have all kinds of consequences for them. So the school could make money off of the athletes, but the athlete couldn't make money off of their own athletic performance. Like if you were the star basketball player, tough luck, you'd have to wait till you go to the NBA. If you didn't retire from an injury before then, you know, or if you even went to a professional league, if you're the star player, you had to wait to make money. And that, to me, seemed very unfair because they're generating all this revenue and it's theirs. I mean, people are coming to see them. So now, as of July 1st, it is July 29th, 2021, where we're recording this. As of July 1st, the rule has been lifted. We don't know the exact contours of the new rule. We don't know exactly what's going to be allowed, what's not. Um, you know, if the athlete can make money while they're in their uniform, there's all kinds of like little nuances, which there always are in a legal context. But athletes can make money. They can sign autographs for money. They can sell their photos. They can sign jerseys. They can start businesses. They can do all kinds of things. But the caveat and what we're working to correct at Coffee Date Media and what we're going to help students with is up until four weeks ago, you guys had no idea that you were going to be able to do this. And you have no training on personal branding, setting up income streams, businesses, all of that, because you didn't think you were going to be allowed to do that for another few years. So we are talking today about how you can make money as an NCAA athlete. And the reason I think Kalei knows more about this than she thinks she does <laughs> is because the rule is not special to athletes. It just returns them to the status of a normal person. Okay. So mm -hmm. it's okay. just okay. like starting a business or becoming an influencer or doing speaking events and engagements and appearances and all of that like a regular person. So let's talk about what regular people do and NCAA athletes, this is particular to you. Keep in mind that these rules about what you can and can't do, these little nitpicky things might change. So keep an eye on those and we will too and we'll, we'll update you as well. But um, you've basically just been returned to the status of a non-athlete. There are now 460,000-ish, almost half a million student athletes, plus those in high school that thought right? that they weren't gonna be allowed to monetize, mm -hmm. wondering. How do we start? Where do we get started? When you started out making money, especially in the digital world, and we're going to do this from a digital online perspective because that's what we do, but there's very real world ways that you can implement this as well. I started out 
intentionally building income streams in the digital world because there's a very big difference between what I was doing at the beginning, which we discussed last episode, and what I'm doing now and when I started intentionally building a business online. The first thing I did was decide, number one, what skills and, and talents that I had that I could add value. Where, where was the value add? What could I bring to the table? And who was that for? That makes it a lot easier to package it up into something that you can sell to somebody or somebody you can give to somebody if you want. So that was the first thing that I did. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. That probably subconsciously I did the same thing. Like, hey, I'm good at filming and editing videos. So maybe you can make money off of that. So that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Right. And I feel like your audience, your customer was the person who doesn't want to film and edit videos. <laughs> right. Right. Yes. So there was a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you mm -hmm. had the skill set to match. And then you said, okay, we're going to turn this into a business. <laughs> I'd say first step, and we have a whole workshop on this coming soon, which we'll, we'll tell you about at the end of this episode, a big workshop. You're going to love it. <laughs> You're going to love it. I, it's I so promise. good. It's so the whole team has worked on it. It's so good. But I would say the first thing is number one, take a breath. This is a big step, right? Building your own personal brand is huge. Figure out what kind of skills and talents you have inside or outside your athletic career and figure out where you can apply them to solve a problem or a want or a need. I would say even wants are even a more powerful and impactful business. Like something that people want, like no one needs a Louis Vuitton. That's true. But I want the Louis Vuitton. But everybody <laughs> wants a Louis, right? So things that people want, like no one needs your autograph, but they want it. <laughs> no one needs to go to an athletic camp coached by their favorite basketball player, but they probably want to. So if you can figure out where there's a gap that you can fill, that's the first step. I do want to take a, a second though and have you talk a little bit about your values in business because one of the things we talk about in the workshop is core values and how we're, we're, we're not talking about just building a brand to make money. I think if you start out like that, you're probably going to have disastrous results. Would you agree? It's, it's not always about just making money. You have to make an impact with people. I mean, you want to make a difference. So it's so important to have those core values. Um, so when you kind of stray away from it, you can pull yourself back and make sure that you're realigning and readjusting yourself so that way you pivot and you do the thing that you set out to do. It can be tempting in the digital world because if you run the numbers, especially on social media, like there are billions of users, billions of the same people want the same thing. And if you fill that gap, I mean, if you, one of my favorite things to do when I'm doing our visualization exercises that we do as business owners, like trying to get in the mindset is to run numbers. When I found out there were 460,000 of you, my brain went, do the calculator. <laughs> because when you run the numbers, you're like, wow, there's the potential here for a huge income stream. And, but that's not to say that the impact doesn't matter. And I want people to be very clear about that because it's, it's a very different world from maybe what you were thinking was going to happen after your athletic career was over. It's a big shift. There are huge opportunities out there, but it's not about the number on your bank account. 
It's to me, the number on my bank account is not just like, Ooh, more money. Like, you know, Scrooge McDuck. Mm -hmm, (laughs) It's, mm -hmm. It's more about, okay, that's the amount of value that I've given out. Now, where can I shift it and where can I distribute it to make a bigger impact? It's all about impact and choices and less about looking at the commas. Although the commas are fun because they're, they're like, like I said, an indicator of the amount of value that you've given to the amount of people that you've given it to. So it's, it's nice, but I think you have to think of it in the right way. And your core values do help with that because, you know, finances are not a core value. That's not a character trait that you can develop. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. And also, people see straight through that, too. If you're just there to make a buck, people see that. They, they get turned off. So, I mean, it's important to have those core values, like you said, and just make sure that you're staying as close to them as possible. And they're, they're okay to change. You're allowed to change your mind, change them, improve them. But your core, core values should always remain the same. Be on authentic, making sure you're genuine, making sure that you're honest, you know, and there's, confidence. I mean, and all those things are wonderful. I think there's ones that people all agree on. I have two points. First of all, I don't think that running a business in integrity and being honest and genuine necessarily means that you're going to make less money. So I, I want to separate them entirely. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying like choose one or the other. I'm saying separate them. Like your, the amount of finances you make should be independent of the core values with which you run your business. In fact, if you run them, you run your business with core values that are aligned with your mission and your messaging, you'll probably make more money. So it's, it's not one or the other. It's not a, you have to pick. The other thing is your core values are going to differ from person to person. So, you know, one of mine is integrity. And I feel like a lot of people would say that, but I know for me, it's a little bit different because it's the one that runs into the other ones. Like if I have a choice between standing in integrity and doing something that's more comfortable, I will always choose the integrity. Another one is hospitality. I'm obsessed Mm -hmm. with bringing people over to my house and like taking care of them. Like hospitality Mm -hmm. is one of my core values. That's not Mm -hmm. a core value for everybody. Spontaneity is not a core value for me. I don't value being spontaneous. Somebody else might, like my sister, spontaneity is one of hers. She's, Mm -hmm. that's something she's got to embody all day, every day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there are ones that we would all agree on, you know, being genuine, being authentic, being standing in integrity, but there's ones that are particular to you that I think are the difference makers when you go to build your personal brand. Do you have any that come to mind for yourself? I know this is like an on the spot question. It is on the spot. Um, mine is definitely integrity as well. I, I feel that that's, you know, we get along because like I will, like you said, I will value that over anything else. And I will always make sure that I stand my ground in that. And, um, yeah, I think that's probably why we get along so well. Cause we have this, that's like my very first one as well. So integrity, um, also like doing things for other people. So that could fall into hospitality as well. I think that's also charity giving generosity. Yeah. Yeah. It's like generosity. I don't want you coming to my house though. Like don't, I will come okay, to you. Okay. So it's not hospitality at all. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. generosity. It's more generosity. <laughs> yes. I will give everything that I have off my back to help someone succeed if I see that they're going there and something I can do to help. Them. I can vouch I for that. She's not just saying yeah. that. She yeah. literally will do it. <laughs> 
Yeah, I literally will. I know. So. I have to stop her sometimes. <laughs> yes, she does. Because it's to her All detriment. <laughs> so, you know, there are big lists online. I think if we're guiding the athletes here in this conversation, and notice we're talking about values before we're getting to the income stream conversation. I just wanted to point that out to everybody. Um, there are big lists online. If you search for core value list, they come up with tons of hundreds and hundreds of words that you can read and say, does this align or does this not? And you're t- going to be tempted to be like, yeah, all of them. I'm great at everything. But they butt up against each other. And that's where I want you to notice, like, which one of these is more important to me? Like when it comes to even hospitality, which is like, I would say my number two versus integrity, integrity always wins. Like if it's being hospitable to somebody or being in integrity, it's always integrity. So notice where they rub up against each other and where you actually have to make a decision, which one is the one that wins out over and over again. And that's, that's a core value. You know, you can value other things and it not be a core value. Now that we've established core values, skill set, filling a gap. Let's talk business because that's what we talk about. But I wanted to have that other conversation first so that we can make clear for these students that it's not all about the money, but you will make money if you do these things first. There's a lot of income streams that you can choose from. You can sell autographs. You can run training camps. You can do something that's totally unrelated to your athletic career. I have four categories that I've put them in, but if you have any others, please let the people know. Sponsorship and endorsement was one of them because that's one that we always think about with athletes. You know, that's LeBron with the Sprite that he didn't drink in the commercial. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or the car that he drives for that moment. (laughs) Right. You know, that's when an athlete shows up on the Wheaties box. We hear about this all the time. The other one was influencer marketing, which I think you'll have a lot to Mm -hmm. say about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yet another is speaking engagements and appearances, which we both have done. And then there's entrepreneurship, which we're both involved in as well. So I think the only one that we have not participated in fully is sponsorship and endorsement. But because we have been influencers, we've, we've done it. So when an athlete is thinking about all these amazing possibilities that have just opened up for them, What do you think is the first thing they should do in narrowing them all down in terms of what income streams am I going to implement and in my business? Uh, For me, I would say think about all of the things that you already love to do because it's it comes natural to you. So if you like speaking to an audience or on a stage, that's just going to naturally happen. If you like to create things product development or collections or something like that, it's it's naturally gonna happen. So I would just sit there, think about the things that you already do, and then think about the opportunities from those things that you already have laid out for you. So it's, it's kind of like you already have your plan, you just have to sit down and write them down. And I'm a big writer, I take notes, I go through it and I research a lot. So I think for me and maybe a lot of other people just thinking about that first. Cause sometimes you can just overthink it and sometimes you can think it's harder than what it is. And it's really not. I 100% agree with that because I think once you listen to this podcast, you're going to be really excited and you're going to go on Dr. Google and you're going to Google personal branding and income streams and influencer marketing and da 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 And you're going to Google all these things and you're going to 
see all of these results that seem very complicated. You've got to set up this kind of funnel, this sort of email sequence that has, has this many emails, and you have to do an upsell and a downsell and a launch and a blah, 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 blah. And it's going to sound so overwhelming that you may be tempted to not do it. And I tell this to my personal, my business coaching clients all the time. What do you want? Desire is the only prerequisite. And that's something I learned from a friend of ours. Desire is the only prerequisite. What you want is what you should do. You don't have to set it up like anybody else does. You've got to set it up the way that aligns with how you want to live your life. So maybe that's even another step before deciding how am I going to monetize this? Decide what kind of lifestyle you want. When you were thinking about that for yourself, what were some of the things that sort of came up for you? Like what lifestyle you wanted? I knew I wanted to be with my kids. I knew I wanted to be there in their small moments. Like I know me as, you know, somebody who comes from a big family, like we had our parents with us. So I knew I wanted to be with them and have a job where I could take them to school, pick them up from Caroline, take them to their little activities and be a part of it, but then also still be independent of them and work for myself and do the things that I'm also passionate about because I feel like I'm a mom, but I'm not just a mom. I'm also Calais. I think for me, it was having control over my schedule because I was so swamped <laughs> and so micromanaged and so everybody's in my inbox all the time. I'm a very self-motivated person as you probably can tell just from listening to a few episodes, Kalei knows this. I don't need someone down my throat to tell me when and how to do things. I will do it to my most excellent level without being told. And it was very frustrating to me to have to be checked up on all the time by people who were senior to me, but also not familiar enough with my work to trust me to do what I was entrusted to do. And that was, as somebody whose core value includes, core values include integrity, not being trusted to do what you've been entrusted to do is very frustrating. And so to me, I needed to get out of that situation. I needed to work for myself, not because I can't work for anybody. I can absolutely work on a team. It was the micromanaging and the being told what to do all the time because it, I didn't feel like people trusted me to do it. So that was one of the things. I also thought, I don't want to live in New York City forever. <laughs> I want to live where I want to live. We didn't know we were going to come back to North Carolina. We were considering Charleston. We could briefly consider Nashville. Like there were other places we were considering moving and I just wanted to be able to go wherever because my husband's a pharmacist and he's got a set schedule, but it is an intense schedule. He's there for 40 hours a week, 40 plus hours a week. So I wanted to be home when he was home. I wanted to be able to go to my dad's birthday party or, you know, see my cousins or see my brother and sister. Like I wanted to be able to do family stuff. Again, family is one of those core values for me without having to go upstairs to the guest room and turn my computer on because someone was sending me an email, hey, where's this thing that I asked you for and said was due tomorrow, but it's not tomorrow yet and I'm still asking you for it. It's, it was so frustrating to not be able to decide I'm gonna turn it off for now and I'll turn it back on later. But to have other people intruding on my time was just, I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> no, I, I definitely couldn't either. Do you feel that the micromanaging and someone telling us what to do, do you think that's like a firstborn thing? 
I'm not sure because when my, when my parents tell me what to do, I'm cool with it. Maybe not cool with it, but I do it. (laughs) Or, and they don't, they don't tell me what to do anymore. I'm 33. Like that they've, they've long since stopped telling me what to do, but they trust me to make decisions. So I think it was the micromanaging was frustrating just because I know that I'm doing my best and I know that I'm capable and I trust myself. So having other people who said on paper, you've been hired to do this, not trust me to do what they hired me to do was just like so incongruent to me and I hated it. And there were other issues, but. So the timing for both of us, obviously, the flexibility, but there are people who don't desire those things. There are people who like structure. I do like structure, but I like self-imposed structure. I like my structure. (laughs) I don't like somebody else's structure. (laughs) So... You know, there's ways to set up businesses in all kinds of ways. And I actually was thinking while you're talking about the being micromanaged part, I think that's why I'm actually having trouble managing other people. Um, you know, I, I like to be honest on the podcast. I lean on Kalea a lot because I struggle to walk that line between managing too much and not giving enough instruction because I'm so afraid of making my team members feel the way I felt And I want them to feel valued and appreciated and trusted to do what they need to do. But I also, you know, need to teach, you know, it's my job to teach them how to do things when it needs to get done. So I struggle to walk that line a little bit, but there's a way to set up your business to have partnerships like the one that we have where you can lean on each other's strengths when in an area that you have a weakness. This whole conversation is meant to give you food for thought about what kind of lifestyle you actually want. Because I know when I was in college, I did not really think about that. I thought about what is a good, respectable job that everybody's going to think is important and that I can make a nice salary and, you know, take my paycheck and live in my house with my husband and, you know, my whatever else family structure (laughs) that I decided I wanted back then. I didn't really think about what sort of lifestyle I wanted. And I think now with these new rule changes, you have the opportunity to decide for yourself and start building it right away. You don't have to wait until you get a degree. You don't have to wait until you go to a professional league. In fact, you can enter a professional league with a built brand and give yourself even more opportunities for sponsorship, for endorsement, for anything that you want to do, for foundations that you want to start, for charities you want to donate to, for whatever it is, whatever impact you want to make. Thinking about what lifestyle you want, you can start now in building it and being intentional about building it and using certain income streams that now had opened up to support that lifestyle. And I think that's an important distinction. You're not just setting up income streams to get as much money in as possible. You're setting up income streams that fit into your life and support the life that you want, not the other way around. And this is something we talk to our clients about all the time when we, when we do coaching is you build the business to support the lifestyle, not the lifestyle around the business because it's very easy for the business to expand and bleed over into right. everything. Right. Have you experienced She's that before? 100%. Yes, I have. And <laughs> I've had to pull it back. <laughs> you know, if you value travel, for example, you know, maybe speaking engagements and appearances are things that you want to work in. You make money while you travel. I do not value travel. I don't. I l- it's fine when I do it, but I don't like look forward to vacation to like, I want to be at home. I love being at home, especially in this new house. I'm not leaving for 18 months. I told everybody, like, I'm not going anywhere. So I don't build a speaking circuit for myself. 
because I don't need that in my life. But if you love travel and you want to be in a new place every other week, speaking engagements and appearances, wonderful way to build an income and an impact for yourself while getting to do the thing that you love. Like there are ways to integrate it so that it feels natural and it feels exciting. You know, influencer marketing makes sense for both of us because we love creating content. And it's so, that income stream is so reliant on content creation, but it's something we love to do. So it makes sense for us to do it. (laughs) Entrepreneurship made sense for both of us because we like serving clients. You know, agency life made sense for both of us because we like doing that type of work. Again, it's very similar. We create content. We just do it for other people. Very, I would probably not start a clothing line. I thought about it. But it seems like not like something I would enjoy. As of now, if I come out with clothes next year, y'all better buy them. But (laughs) (laughs) I know, but we do these little like pop-up holiday graphic, you know, apparel shop, which is fun for me because it's like, oh, graphic design, oh, dropship, like whatever. A whole line of like, you need to be a whole year ahead in seasons and fashion. You've got to study this. And that just seems like, you know, it's it. It's exciting, but I'm not sure that a physical product is for me. You know, there are other physical products, makeup. Now, a a collaboration where you choose colors and you go and it's like a one-time thing, fantastic. A makeup line where it's a company and you have to deal with compliance and, and ingredients and quality control and manufacturing and shipping and no thank you. It's a hard industry to be in. So you have to be passionate about it. But some people thrive on that. And if you're that type of person, go for it. But I'm saying you've got to decide what kind of lifestyle you want before you step into the income stream, because the income stream is supposed to support your lifestyle. The occasional speaking event where I could take my husband along and we could go see our friends in Florida and do the conference and stay for the weekend and then fly back up here. And it's an hour flight. Absolutely. Love it where I'm on a circuit and doing a tour and around the country and not home for three weeks? No, thank you. I think the overall point is decide first values, skill set, lifestyle that you want and figure out what supports that. So it's about you first. First and foremost, the personal brand is about you. Just how are you going to commercially package it and market it to the masses? And how are you going to use it to fill whatever needs you decide to fill? So... That's how NCAA athlete makes money. (laughs) I know it doesn't seem like it, but choosing your income stream is not actually the first thing. It's about really getting clarity on the brand and making sure that whatever income streams you do choose, whether it's sponsorship and endorsement, whether it's entrepreneurship, whether it's influencer marketing, whether it's speaking engagements, signing autographs, merch, clothing line, hairstyling, running camps, Whatever it is, supports the kind of lifestyle that you want to have. Because that's going to be a huge factor in whether or not the income stream lasts and is able to fit into your life. Because it's not about making money. You will. You will make money. And I know this is like kind of a controversial thing to say, but let me know if you agree. Making money is a lot easier than people make it out to be. There are people with no integrity. There are people selling drugs. There are people selling all kinds of stuff that shouldn't be sold, making millions of dollars. If you want to make money, you can make it. You can make it. It's just what are you willing to do 
to make the money. And I venture to guess that a lot of you listening to this are not willing to engage in suspicious practices in order to make money. So making money is not the hard part. It's the who are you and how are you going to fit the income stream into your lifestyle? You're a good person and you're living in alignment, hopefully with your values. And that's that's the part that makes it difficult. The trick now is to figure out what income streams do fit into there. And if you're an athlete, you are young, you are in such a great position, you're receiving an education, you have all of these tools at your disposal to do that. So you're in a great position. I wouldn't recommend selling drugs. Not an income stream I would recommend yeah, because yeah. it's illegal. But if you want to start a CBD company, you enjoy it, you like gardening, <laughs> you like, pro but you like product development. You like the mission of what it stands for. You like how it's helping people. Yes, that is an income stream that aligns with what you're doing, but is very different from selling drugs. Like both very lucrative if you do them right. One is in alignment. One probably should not be in alignment. <laughs> one is illegal, one will get you in jail. Hopefully that example sort of illustrated the point a little better, which is you have choices. You have a great many choices about what income streams you're gonna set up. It's all about what you want and what's in alignment for you. And I hate the word alignment because I know a lot of people misuse it out here in these internet streets. They're using it like spiritual alignment, like, oh, I'm just gonna align and the universe is gonna give me everything. No, what's in alignment with your values? What's in alignment with your desires for your life? That's where you should head. And you don't have to know all the steps from A to B. You don't, you just gotta take one and then the next one and then the next one. And then the next one and then the next, <laughs> and then the next one. <laughs> That's true. You just keep putting one foot in front of the other and if you try something and it doesn't work, move on, do something else. It's fine. <laughs> you, you are There's no right or wrong way, no. I feel. Like, try it. If, if you don't know, try it. But don't keep doing it if it's something that doesn't make you happy or something that doesn't work within your lifestyle. That's exactly. a waste of time. Exactly. I mean, make decisions quickly, but don't feel like you have to make jump decisions, right? Like, really carefully think out what you want for your life. And I believe you, if you're an athlete and you're listening to this, if you're a regular listener and you're listening to this, I don't mean regular as in non-athlete. I mean regular as in somebody who listens to the podcast regularly. <laughs> um, if you are a non-athlete listener or whether you're an athlete listener, I trust that you know what you want. I'm not here to tell you what's good and what's bad, what's right, what's wrong, what's in alignment, what's out of alignment for you. It's all about you. And that's what a personal brand is. What do you stand for? I know you're a good person. I know you're going to be genuine about this. So it's about building something that's going to have the impact that you want it to have and also the income that you want to have that supports that lifestyle. If you want to travel, honey, you're going to need money to do that. I mean, those plane tickets don't buy themselves. And if you want to, I mean, even if you wanted to travel to do like charity work in another country, you need money to do that. So let's not pretend like income streams are hush hush, right? Like to have the impact you want to have, you're going to need the income stream. You need both. And I feel like this conversation has meandered all around, but it keeps coming back to core values, alignment, what you want for your life. And that's always the first step for how to make money. So maybe you thought I was going to tell you, set up an Instagram page and start selling autographs and get on a speaking circuit in your hometown or in your college town. That's not what I'm telling you. I'm telling you, figure out what you want and then go do that. Because when I was 18, 19, 20 years old, 
I didn't know. Clearly, I went until I was 26. I quit <laughs> I quit my lawyer job when I was 29. Until I was 29, <laughs> I didn't know what I wanted. So don't feel okay bad, too. everyone. That's okay. Yeah, it's, it's okay to not know, like, what you want. She tried it. She tried it out. She thought it's what she wanted. And it didn't work. And so then she moved on to something else. <laughs> Into an income stream that supported my lifestyle. I mean, you did the same thing. We, we've, we've done many a change of income streams and don't be ashamed of it. In fact, the faster you decide something's not for you, the faster you can eliminate a whole category of things, which is fantastic. That's so amazing. I think they have enough to digest at this point. We've talked about core values. We've talked about deciding who you are, what problem you want to solve. We've talked about deciding what kind of lifestyle you want and how you can support that with what income streams. We've given a brief overview of some income streams. Closing words for the athletes, for the non-athletes. What should they take away from this? To really think about their core values and their beliefs, making sure that they are in alignment with the lifestyle that they want, just like you said. like It's so important and it will actually give you the right opportunities and help you make the right decision instead of trying to like weed them out, like they will just attract themselves to you because it's something that you already do. So um, she gave you the wisdom. So it's up to you to take it <laughs> and do what you will with it. <laughs> well, thank you for using the word wisdom and anything that I ever said in the same sentence. I appreciate that. But I think along those lines, the right people will attract themselves to you. If you're out here spreading a message and living in your values and providing value to other people, opportunities show up to you. And opportunities that you may not have thought of before will show up to you. If you're out here just expressing the fullness of your brand and the fullness of your values and what you bring to the table, more opportunities just keep showing up. So that's what I would say to do. I would also say that if you're still curious about starting a personal brand, clarifying your personal brand, figuring out what income streams to set up, we have something for you. <laughs> we have an amazing introductory workshop that we've put online. If you go to coffeedatemedia.com slash branding for athletes, there is a workshop there. It is totally free. You can register there. You're going to get a workbook and a presentation that's pre-recorded, and it will tell you everything you need to know about getting started building your personal brand because all of what we talked about today stems from the brand and the brand is you, but we just need to clarify it a little bit, strengthen it, and make sure that we can express it to the world in the fullest way possible. So go ahead and head to coffeedatemedia.com slash branding for athletes, and you will be able to register for the presentation there. And I think we're out. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Kalei, amazing co-hosting as usual. If you are on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe to this channel because it really helps us out. And if you're watching on YouTube, you get the full experience because you could see our faces while we're talking to each other. But if you're listening, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, go ahead and subscribe and we will see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.